there. Welcome to the From Lab to Launch podcast by Qualio, where we share inspiring stories from the people on the front lines of life sciences. Tune in and leave inspired to bring your life-saving products to the world. Now let's get started with Robert, Qualio founder and CEO, and our show host. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of From Lab to Launch. Today, we're excited to chat with Lisa Helmans. She's the VP of Quality Services and Operations at MWA Consulting. Lisa has over 30 years of industrial training in the areas of manufacturing and quality assurance in the pharmaceutical, biotechnology, and medical device industries. She also has extensive GXP knowledge and has worked with several startups and large companies to implement or improve quality systems and procedures. So she 100% understands the challenges facing the industry today. We wanted to bring Lisa onto the show to chat more about life as a quality consultant, the innovations she's seeing in the industry, and her advice to life science innovators and entrepreneurs everywhere because she has seen it all. You'll definitely get some useful takeaways from her insights. Hope you enjoy. I think what might be really useful to kick this off is for everybody listening is maybe you could give me a bit of background for you know, some of the work that you and the team at MWA do and how you're helping, you know, companies bring life-saving products to market and, and scale successfully. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been in this industry for 30 years, over 30 years. <laughs> and, you know, I've worked with MWA when it, it was a young company, when Marion Weinreb first started the company. And I worked for her as a consultant for 12 years. So I have a lot of experience on the consultant side and she sold the company And I was hired by the new CEO, Bill Daniels, you know, Bill, we do such great work. I mean, from when I started with Marianne, um, we've been to so many companies and help companies get their, their drugs approved. We, we do the, the support that, that companies really need. You know, we do everything from audits, we do hands-on, you know, writing procedures, we do remediation work. We do a lot of work on, you know, quality and regulatory aspects of, of the companies that we work with. What types of companies do you work with within life sciences? We work with all kinds. We work with medical device. We work with pharmaceutical, biotech. You know, Marion uh, was really instrumental in getting Biomarin up and running. And there's been a lot of companies, Genentech. We've worked with the, the bigger ones and the smaller ones. And right now, we, we focus on small to mid-sized companies right now. Is where mm-hmm. our is. And we really like that that space, especially the startups. It's great with working with startups because they they just don't know what they don't know. And it's nice for us to be able to go in and, and kind of guide them and get them efficient systems set up. I'm curious over that 30 years, and, and maybe with particular reference to the last five or 10, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen? Well, definitely the use of technology, you know, mm-hmm. platforms that that really, you know, in my day, we didn't have all of this. Everything was paper, you know. And yeah. so now the use of technology, when it's done right, is really, really useful. And um, are you seeing a difference in the actual profile of client as well? So you mentioned the systems your customers and clients use. They yeah. have been very much paper based, but now we're seeing companies who themselves are just a software company. Right, right. Yeah, no, definitely the, the the software industry for this, you know, I see a lot of small companies starting up trying to, to get, you know, the, the software, you know, EDMS and all kinds of uh, different mm-hmm. software out there. 
so yeah, I mean, I've worked on on large systems. I've worked on smaller systems. I, I tend to like the simplicity of the smaller systems. Sometimes, mm. especially for startups, you don't need all the bells and whistles that a you know a Genentech or bigger company would need. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, you mentioned something about it helping these companies get to market. They don't know what they what they don't know. Why is this so complex? If you're <laughs> in in when you're making a drug or a device or some you know. At was it a device diagnostic or therapeutic agent? Why is it so hard for these companies, in your experience, uh, actually to get that humans can now benefit or animals or whatever you're you're serving? Well, you know, it's difficult because it, you know our industry is very complex. I mean, we have a lot of regulations, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the reasons that you know we we have constraints. We can't just take a, a system and just use it. We have to get it validated. We have to make sure it's the right system. It takes time and money. And yeah. so I think it, it really is a lot more complex in that regard. Looking back over the companies you've worked with, if you could go back to everybody, well, maybe I'll preface this with when I speak to people, both mm-hmm. company founders who have now scaled successfully and, and mm-hmm. people who help companies bridge this, you know, the product works, but can we prove its quality? Can we actually get this approved by the FDA and the sister bodies? I often hear that, well, I wish I knew this thing like five years ago, or typically mm-hmm. people in your role will say, well, I really wish they hired me five years ago because we could have done X, Y, and Z differently. Yeah. So for anybody listening, we're going to try and shortcut some of that. I'm curious, what do you wish every kind of founder, CEO, or early founding executive team knew that would help smooth the path for them when it comes to getting that you know stamp of approval and that ability to sell? I think the first thing in some of the, the companies that I've worked with is that you know, the CEOs come from different backgrounds, not, you know, they might have a biology or biotech background, but they're really focused on the the financial aspects in some regards. And I wish they knew um, that they don't know everything (laughs) and that there, there are people out there who do, you know, who've been there, done that and really can make, make their lives easier and get them on the right path sooner than later. I find Mm. that they, they don't start early enough on the quality side. You know, I worked for two startups, well, in the early 2000s, 2010, 2011 timeframe, and I was paper-based. It was Mm -hmm. crazy. It was crazy for me. (laughs) You know, I was focusing on moving the paper and getting things done versus the true quality systems that I wanted to, you know, and the quality aspects that needed to be paid attention to. Yeah, that might be worth defining for people listening, Lisa. When you talk about these paper-based systems, you're you're actually talking about these binders full of paper in most uh, cases being dropped from desk, shepherded desk to desk absolutely. when you could all be together. Right. But worth yeah. pointing that out because it's a lot of people would find it hard to believe that in the in the 21st century that was how this was being handled. How how oh. this critical documentation that proves these things are safe and effective. Yeah, it was really hard. I mean, because even back then it was a virtual company. I had batch records from India. I had you know, Singapore. My company was from Singapore. So I had all of this. So I still had to utilize email. It was in and it was email and I'd have to print out. <laughs> yeah. It was it was awful. It was it was it was a nightmare for me. And I can't believe anybody in this day and age in the in 2021 would want to use a paper system. I, I just yeah. can't. Is that there these there's so many solutions out there. Qualia was a great simple solution to mm-hmm. help manage all of that, and the, and just even the follow up, you know, the training and all of that stuff where you have it automatically done for you, where you don't Thank even you. have to think about it. <laughs> to me, that's yeah. like, oh my goodness, that's great, you know. And the, that's the, really the, helpful. Getting documents approved, it's yeah, it's really. 
and maybe let's talk about the consulting business for a bit. Mm-hmm. So you've been in this in the industry for quite a while. Um, how long have you been in the quality consulting arena? So I was originally manufacturing for about the first seven years of my career when I got out of college. And then I started in quality in 1995-ish. No, actually 1990. And it's been a while. And I like being in quality. It's, it's you know, we do a lot of good. It's a hard place to be. You're always fighting fires. You're always trying to make people understand how critical it is to do things in a certain way. And especially with young companies who are just, who've got a lot of development people who mm-hmm. really have that, you know, it's great. They need to be free and creative. But, you know, as we get into the regulated industry, in part of the industry, you have to do things a certain way. And they, a lot of people resist that. And that's, yeah. that's, it's hard. And it's a lot of educating people that you have to follow. You have to stay within the lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and for people who are who have some expertise in quality and have worked in a couple of companies that might be interested in going out on their own to, to the big bad world and you know helping helping other companies do better here. What are some lessons learned from your time consulting that you might be able to share for people who might want to get started on that path, but hopefully you know, avoid some of the the initial mm-hmm. mistakes that are all too common? Yeah. Well, you know, consulting is there's so much you can do and it's a great place to learn because you, you know, mm-hmm. you have to like to do different things and you go from company to company and you learn so much. But I think, I think what I would do early on is, is really commit to your area of focus. So you mm-hmm. can really build your reputation, get out there and work with a few companies and really do a really good job so that you are called back. That's key is your reputation is what you have as a consultant. And if yeah. you do a really good job, you will be successful in getting work. What do you think are some many areas of focus right now that are uh, particularly interesting? Well, definitely with the whole COVID thing, the vaccine area is really, really interesting. Data integrity is is a really, it's been a hot button item for the FDA in the last few years. So before COVID, <laughs> but yeah. anything, you know, anything really keeping things moving in a system, in, in a company and advising them so that they can get to where they want to be faster. What I found in my career is that when you think you're doing things faster, sometimes you have to slow down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because what I find is that when people rush around and, and they jump in and they do things too quickly, they make more mistakes. And then you end up, it takes longer because then you have to fix the mistakes. You have deviations and kappas and investigations that all take a lot of, lot of QA time that had you just slowed down in the beginning and, and gotten the, the right resources, uh, the appropriate resources at the beginning, you could have avoided all of that. So it's funny, as I just saw on LinkedIn this week, it was a visual and it, and it had the, the amount of money that's budgeted for QA. I don't know if you've seen it, but it, it had, you know, the pennies on the bottom of, of the jar. And then it said, uh, show the vision, the, the visual of after um, you get a, a warning letter or get a 483 observation, how big the budget becomes. And it's like, if we could just swap that and do things right at the beginning <laughs> and put the money, you know, where it's needed to be and do a phase appropriate implementation, mm-hmm. companies would be a lot better off. It would be a lot cheaper in the long run to do things yeah. In a phase-appropriate mm-hmm. manner. Well, I like what you said, a phase-appropriate manner. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, you don't need all of the, the quality system elements when you're doing a phase one. 
clinical trial, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's a guidance document. You definitely need the basics. You need documentation. You need training. You need su- oversight of your suppliers. But the depth is not as as deep as if you're going to phase two, three, and if you're going to be in commercial. So, you know, you, you put in, it, it's, it goes in layers. You put in the basics at the beginning, and then you you look at how how you need to implement the system for the next phase and what things that are more relevant now that you didn't need to do. So you just kind of, it's an iterative process. I've heard that a lot, actually, where people try and build their systems for, because they feel they need to be regulated, they need to have this figured out, but it's three years before they will actually do it. Right. And right. they might not actually ever even need it in the way they think because they're so right. early on in what they're doing. Right. It's I think it's a really interesting example of how we, when it comes to some of these complex projects, we forget the basics. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing we, we forget as humans. I'm not sure what right. it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's just human nature. But yeah. it is it's true. And I found in my in my experience that the more complex you make everything, the more mistakes that are going to be made. So, I mean, I always, simplicity mm-hmm. is is really key. Make your documents simple, make things simple to understand. The more surplus information that you put in uh, to documents, you know, people need, they just need to know what they need to do and when they need to do it. They don't need a lot of, you know, because I've seen some SOPs where they're trying to train somebody in the procedure and that's not really the place. So, you know, you have guidance documents for that. You don't need mm-hmm. to in the procedures. So again, every keeping everything very simple and, and easy to understand for folks to, to do their job. I mean, everybody's busy, but if you have a clear procedure, it makes things much simpler and, and you know, your likelihood of making mistakes is much less. Yeah. So I guess this is all along the topic of what are, what are things that companies and, and startups can do to help turn this perceived burden into something that actually helps them move forward, you know, the right, right. foot. Right, right foot forward, what else should people be thinking about as we're getting started to make sure that they they hopefully don't waste cycles going down the wrong path? Yeah, no, definitely. Again, stay away from paper. I, I'm amazed mm-hmm. at how many clients still come to us that they're on paper. And we've got um, to fix so, that, Lisa. We've got to oh, fix that. Oh gosh, I, I tell you, I I just don't believe it in the 21st century, and I and I can just see like if I had had a system like Qualio. You know, 10 years ago when I was at these startups, I could have done so much more of the true quality work instead of chasing paper. Uh, But again, get the right resources, get enough of those resources. I mean, you don't need a lot, but you you keep in mind that when you write all of these procedures, it's not just having the SOP, you have to follow it. And that's where people, I I don't think sometimes get it. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, we wrote all these procedures, but now we have to follow it. And and that takes time and that, that takes a body to do that. So that's a, that's one of the things I think they really need to focus on and making sure that, you know, you get the right tools in place that help you make things simple. And then you get the right people in place to make sure that, you know, you're doing it right. Speaking of people, how would you recommend people figure out when they need to bring in some external or not external quality resources or quality expertise into the, the business and how did it decide between let's hire somebody versus let's work with a firm like MWA Consulting? Well, you know, a lot of young companies use consulting firms. I mean, that's pretty standard because, you know, again, you don't know if you have a product. A lot of these companies don't have a a huge budget to be able to throw money at it and get people at it. So you you get guidance, you know, and, and at a certain point, the sooner you get quality in, even just as an ad hoc, at what point do I do this? And just they can help you 
so that you're not stuck at phase three saying, oh my God, I don't have any quality systems in place. And that happens, Mm -hmm. which is an amazing thing is, oh my God, you're at phase three and you don't have any quality systems. So that's what I mean in the beginning when I said a lot of the, the, the CEOs don't know what they don't know. Starting off sooner with the basics and then growing those systems as you need to through each phase definitely will make it a lot cheaper in the long run. That's super helpful. So you've been in the industry 30 years. You've been consulting mm-hmm. for, for many of those. You've watched a lot of trends mm-hmm. and come and go, I guess. So when you look at the next five to 10 years, how do you folks see the, the industry evolve? And, and how are you thinking about that as a business? Well, you know, the industry is ever-changing. COVID has changed a lot of what we how we work. And I think I do see more remote work and definitely getting products to market quicker. I mean, this whole COVID vaccine development, you know, it, it was an amazing feat to have something get out there so quickly, have that vaccine. And I, I do see that, we can learn from this and apply what we've learned and what works to you know, other areas of our industry. Yeah, I think that that's super valuable. Lisa, anything else you'd like to share um, for, for anybody listening who's thinking about following in your footsteps and becoming a consultant into life sciences? If you really like to learn new technologies, if you like working with people, it's a great way to go. I, I've enjoyed consulting. I will continue you know, as I retire from actually full-time work, I will go back to, you know, you know, consulting, taking projects here and there, but it is, mm-hmm. it's rewarding. And, and like I said, you meet so many nice people in this industry and the you know, majority of people want to do the right thing. So it is, it's a really uh, rewarding place to be. You're making an impact on everything you do. And yeah, I've, I've enjoyed my career. Awesome. And for anybody who might want some help and is interested in reaching out to MWA Consulting, we're going to add the website down below. Okay. Any yeah, other ways you'd recommend that people people might get in touch? Yeah. I mean, we have on our website, you can go directly to our website and submit your CV to us and you know, let us know how um, what you're interested in and, and what you want to consult on. And you know, we have a, a process to get you onboarded into our our network. So yeah, no, it's it's right there on our website, or you can just email me directly. Lisa, thank you very much for taking some time out of your, your busy schedule, working with all the clients you do and with the team and MWA to chat with us today. Um, as always, it's been a pleasure knowing you and the team for the last few years, and I'm excited about what's next. I know we're just lots of things coming down the pipeline. And uh, thank you again for joining the show today. Well, thank you. It's really nice speaking with you again. You guys take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of From Lab to Launch, brought to you by Qualio. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give the show a positive review. It really helps us out. For more information about Qualio, our guest today, or to be a guest on a future episode, please refer to the show notes. Until next time.